This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about real-world leadership solutions. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. My passion is to help leaders lead more effectively. Welcome to today's show. You're listening to episode number one. My topic today is going to be a general topic, why I love leaders and the topic of leadership. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of the study of leadership, a little bit about who I am. I've always wanted to change the world for good, and I've learned that leaders are the ones that really change the world. I want my life to count, and that is what leaders do. And as you're listening today, that's probably what you want to do. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but I love helping leaders lead. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned leader, no matter what your context of leadership is, I think I can help. Why have I called my podcast the Leadership Answer Man? Does that sound a little bit arrogant? No, it's not because I think I'm a great leader. It's because I am here to help leaders lead. And if I don't know the answer, I will find the answer. I write books and speak on leadership, not because I consider myself a great leader, but because I want to become a better leader. I write books and speak on leadership, not from the classroom of academic theory, but from the crucible of the leadership trenches. Let's begin with my own definition of leadership. When I did my postgraduate studies on leadership, I studied the history of leadership theory. Now, that can sound pretty academic, but I'm going to make it very simple. In the history of the study of leadership, there were basically three great eras. The first era was called the great man theory of leadership, and it's exactly what it sounds like. People thought great leaders were born, and great men and women rose up from birth and changed the world. It was the great man theory. But eventually people realized leaders are not just born, they are also made. And then we moved into the second great phase of leadership, which was called situational leadership. And I like that because the idea is that leadership effectiveness is based on the leader, the followers, and the situation. I don't know about you, but I've seen great leaders utterly fail because sometimes the problems with the followers, sometimes they were just in the wrong place and they needed to move to the right place. But situational leadership is about the person, the followers, and the context, the situation. Well, even that doesn't tell the whole story. And we finally moved into the third era of leadership theory in which we live in today. And that is the the theory, uh, the era of complexity, that leadership is very complex. It's not a science as much as it is an art. And there are so many factors involved in being a great and effective leader. And I've seen wonderful, great, amazing, effective leaders utterly fail. I myself have fallen on my face many times in my leadership. What is the definition of leadership? Well, I like to use one word, and that word is influence. If you were to boil down all the definitions of leadership, and I learned that there are 600 definitions of leadership. When you boil it all down, I think the word to use is influence. When a mom influences her children, she's a leader. 
when a uh, scout uh, troopmaster leads his Boy Scouts, he's a leader. When you're at a company, whether you have a small department or you're a teacher and you're influencing students, anytime you influence others to action, you're influencing. So that's why I like the word influence for leadership. Well, just a little bit about myself. This show is not about me. This podcast is about you. But a little bit about Hans Fenzel. You remember the movie uh, Jerry Maguire? I love that scene in the bathroom when Tom Cruise is talking to Cuba Gooding Jr. And he said, help me help you. Will you just let me help you? Help me help you. And that's, uh, that's kind of my mantra on this show. Help me help you. I want to help you in your leadership. Again, I am not the perfect leader, but I've had a lifelong quest to be better in my leadership, and to study what makes great leaders. My leadership story started when I was just a kid. My first job was as a paper boy, and I remember throwing papers in my neighborhood where I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. It wasn't long before I became a leader of the paper boys, and I had other guys throwing the papers for me. And all of a sudden, I began to experience the euphoria of influencing other people to do a great job and the power of leadership. I became a Boy Scout. I'm proud that I'm an Eagle Scout. And again, in the scouting world, I became a leader. You know, it's not that I wanted to be a leader, but it was like a vacuum that I stepped into. And I will speak many times in my podcast about the power of reluctant leadership. I happen to think that reluctant leaders make the greatest leaders. You may find yourself in a leadership situation not because you wanted to, but because others wanted you in there. Or you volunteered because nobody else would step into that space. That's reluctant leadership. And I like that kind of leadership because it's not really about ego. It's about serving and doing something great and doing something good through your leadership. Then I went on to college and I was a leader in college and then uh, I fell into other roles of leadership throughout my career. I went to school at Columbia International University, a shout out to CIU and Columbia, South Carolina, great school. I became a leader on campus there. Then I did a master's degree at in Dallas, Texas, at Dallas Seminary, and then a doctor of leadership a number of years later at Fuller Grad School. And at Fuller, I studied leadership formally and uh, learned a lot more about what makes leaders work. I met my lovely wife, Donna, at Columbia International University. We've been married for 38 years. And uh, after a few years of marriage and, and doing some work out in Southern California as a pastor of a church, we moved to Vienna, Austria. And we spent a decade living in Vienna, Austria from 1981 to 91. I know that was a long time ago, and a lot of you listening to this show weren't even born when that happened, and you're thinking, how can this guy be relevant to today? Well, I learned a lot of things in those days that are very relevant to leadership today. We were in working in Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain during the days of communism. You ever heard of the Iron Curtain? You ever heard of the Berlin Wall? Well, I was there the day the wall came down, November 9th, 1989. People say that 9-11 changed the world forever. Well, 11-9 also changed the world forever. It was the day that the wall came down. I call it history's greatest prison break. What we were doing back then in Eastern Europe was training leaders with an extent 
extension idea of helping leaders in the church and in ministry grow in their effectiveness through a program we call Biblical Education by Extension. Yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I'm a Christian. And uh, this show will talk about Christian principles and non-Christian principles. I happen to think that Great leaders need to borrow ideas from every place. And uh, we were involved in an amazing opportunity of training leaders behind the Iron Curtain. In 1991, I accepted the call to move to the international headquarters of our organization called World Venture. And for the last 20 years, I was the president and CEO of this international Nonprofit. I've trained leaders on five continents. I've personally visited over a hundred countries, and there's nothing I have enjoyed more is coming along leaders all over the world and helping them lead more effectively. You know, we here in the United States are blessed with so much great leadership information, so many great seminars and websites and webinars and books and conferences. And one thing that I love doing is taking this great knowledge around the world where there are so many leaders in Africa and Asia, Middle East, South America that are just begging for help with leadership. In the year 2013, uh, Donna and I sensed the call to new beginnings, and we incorporated our own nonprofit, HD Leaders, to focus on equipping leaders to expand uh, the church around the world. Drawing on 30 years of leadership experience, we're now pouring our lives into leaders of influence around the globe. I've written a number of books. Probably a lot of you have read my book, The Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make, and my newest release, The Top 10 Leadership Commandments. My books have been translated into over 20 foreign languages. We also happen to have four grown uh, children, four grandchildren, and another one on the way. And we live here in beautiful Colorado. Why did I start writing books? I reach so many people that I never meet. Donna and I wrote a book on marriage called The Top Ten Ways to Love Your Wife. And uh, I've written the Two Top Ten Mistakes book. I just got an email this week from a, a, a leader in Belfast, Ireland. Hi, Hans. Just a word of thank you for lessons derived from your book, The Top Ten Mistakes Leaders Make. It has been an inspiration. I have just been appointed as headmaster. From a practical and spiritual point of view, your book is outstanding. Isn't that cool? Now, see, I'm not trying to brag on my leadership. I'm just saying that's why I write, so that I can touch people's lives that I never have a chance to meet. My newest book is called The Top Ten Leadership Commandments. You'll see it on my website. I'll talk about it in future podcasts, but this book is based on an eight-year study of Moses, one of the greatest characters in all of the Bible. And whether you're a follower of Christ or not, whether you believe the Bible or not, you have to recognize that Moses was one of the most outstanding examples of enduring leadership in all of history. I don't think anybody had a worse situation that he was in and more fickle followers. And the reason I love Moses is because he didn't quit. That's the top 10 leadership commandments published by David C. Cook. Well, why did I decide to start podcasting? I love listening to podcasts. And it wasn't very long ago that I started listening. And I found out that podcasters portable radio. 
There are 97 million commuters in the United States alone. I know some of you listening to this podcast are in other nations. I hear from people all over the world. But in America alone, there are 97 million people that commute to work every day. And the average commute is about 26 minutes. And I can listen to a good podcast in my car on my way from point A to point B. The other day, uh, my personal trainer was here at my house, and he told me how depressed he was listening to talk radio about all the gloomy, depressing things that are going on in the world, all the arguments going on in Washington. And I suggested to him, do what I do. Why don't you listen to stuff that lifts your spirits, challenges your heart, makes you a better person, inspires you. And he actually started listening to some things I recommended. And he said, wow, Hans, I can't believe how different I feel about today. You know that every smartphone today is a radio receiver. I hope you have a smartphone because you're probably listening to this uh, from one of your smartphones. It's just a podcast receiver. In 2013, the Social Media Expo in San Diego, California, said that podcasting is the biggest story in social media in 2013. And I'm excited to be a part of that story. I've always been an early adapter of new technology, and I'm thrilled to get into the world of podcasting. And I'd be honored if you'd become one of my regular listeners. This podcast is my platform directly to you, my listeners. I've learned a lot about leadership and how to lead and how not to lead through 30 years of experience and a whole lot of mistakes. I love helping leaders lead. Here's a tip for you, a practical tip you can use this week. People ask me, Hans, how do I improve my leadership? I feel I have great inadequacies. Well, four simple tips I would give you. Number one, get around leaders that inspire you. Great leadership really does rub off. Number two, read their books. This is the way that I all my life have improved my leadership is by reading books by leaders about great leadership. And on every podcast, I'll recommend a leadership book for you. Go to leadership conferences. There are some amazing conferences out there where you can go and listen to leaders that will inspire you and help you. I think you cannot be an effective leader in a vacuum. And finally, number four, listen to their podcasts. My emphasis for this show is what I call real-world leadership solutions, not classroom theory. Because I know you're leading out there in the real world, whether you're in government or you're in business or in education or ministry or in a local church. You're dealing with real-world leadership problems, so this will not be a classroom. This will be a practicum about leadership in the real world. My philosophy of leadership is pretty well expressed in my book, The Top Ten Mistakes Leaders Make. And I think sometimes we it's more about what we need to stop doing than what we need to start doing. And sometimes in our leadership, we have some leadership blind spots, and we have areas that are just really annoying our followers. And so that's part of my philosophy of leadership is learning what you need to stop doing and what you need to fix and correct. I'm a huge fan of collaborative leadership. You'll see in my book, Top Ten Mistakes Leaders Make, I do not believe in dictatorship by decision-making or top-down leadership. I believe in delegation. I believe in collaborative leadership. I believe in servant leadership. 
It's amazing what can be done if you don't care who gets the credit. And servant leadership is when the leader cares more about the good of the people and the organization than his or her own effectiveness and his or her own enrichment. I believe uh, I'm a huge fan of leadership through high-performance teams, and I'm a huge fan of visionary leadership. People want to be inspired. People want to have a vision created by their leaders. A vision is so important in leadership. If you do not have vision, truly, the people will perish. What is this show about, and is it for you? If you're a leader and you want to learn how to improve, it is for you. The audience is really anyone in leadership, but it's aimed particularly at people in the nonprofit world and in education, government, and in church leaders. The audience will run the full gamut from brand new leaders to those who have been doing it for decades. My purpose is to give out practical leadership tips so that listeners can use it that very week. I believe that every follower needs a healthy leader, and I would be honored to help you be more healthy and more effective in your leadership. My passion is to help good leaders become great leaders, to teach leaders sound, healthy, practical leadership principles for their success. Well, let's talk about the key to effective leadership. Just a practical question about the key to effective leadership. What is the key? Is there one magical combination of a person's background, family, education, personality, and learning over years of experience? What does it take? Is it are people born great leaders? Is it a great personality, the right skill set, that special family pedigree? Spirituality. I've been in places where leaders think the only qualification to great leadership is spirituality. And if I'm a great spiritual man or a great spiritual woman, then I am an effective leader. Sorry, I don't buy that philosophy. I think spirituality is so absolutely important in ministry and in the Christian world and in the church. But spirituality alone, it's a starting point but it's not enough to finish well as a leader. How about right gifting? Is that what it takes to be a great leader? Education, training, determination, passion? Or how about my final one on my list, good looks? Great leaders are always good-looking people. Not true. You know, there is no single key. There is no perfect secret or magic combination to be the perfect leader. But having said that, I believe there are two key ingredients that I want to leave you with today as an application. Two key ingredients. I always say the two most important words in the leader's vocabulary is listen and learn. Listen to your people and be committed to lifelong learning. We live in times of dramatic change, and only the learners are going to adapt and thrive today. Listen to your people and learn your whole life long. Just a couple of samples of shows I'll be doing here in the coming weeks. The Right and Wrong Way to Fire People, Six Key Ingredients for Hiring the Right People. I've learned my greatest leadership lessons through my own failures, how a terrible boss can make you a terrific leader. My boss is a jerk. What do I do? Recruiting the right team around you, the most important work of a leader. Leadership transition. How do I get out alive? The 10 key principles for an effective leadership transition. 
Servant leadership, what is it and what is it not? Working in leadership with your spouse, notes from the conflict. My wife and I are working together now in leadership. It's an interesting journey. I'll have a show about that. Cross-cultural leadership, working with leaders in other countries. Vision and leadership, why to have it and where to get it if you don't have it. Four questions every follower asks of their leader. How to avoid the frustrating practice of dirty delegation. Finding and maximizing your strengths. And finally, dealing with major opposition to your leadership. Those are just some of the um, topics that I'll be covering in the coming weeks of my podcast. I'll be sending out a podcast once a week. Here's my quote of the show. If we stop learning today, we will stop leading tomorrow. That's an original from me. Most of my quotes will be from other great leaders. But this goes with a theme that I will repeat forever and ever. The two most important words in the leader's vocabulary is listen and learn. I do not mean by that that you're a weak leader and you only do what the people say. But I think people need to know, followers, that they have been heard. They don't expect you to always do what they think you should do, but they do expect to be heard. That's why I say the two most important words are to listen and to learn. The book that of the show that I'll recommend to you in this uh, premiere first episode is my own book, The Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make by Hans Finzel. I know that sounds self-serving, and all the other books I'll recommend just about will be other leaders' books, but occasionally as I pop out new books, I will be recommending my own. I'd like to ask you to please send me your questions to answer in a future episode of the Leadership Answer Man. I'd love to hear what your show ideas would be. I want to scratch leaders where they itch. Sign up for my email list, and thanks for listening to this inaugural episode of the Leadership Answer Man. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Please send me your leadership questions that I can address on a future podcast. And I would love to have you sign up for my email updates at leadershipanswerman.com. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. And remember that leaders make things happen. Keep listening and learning and go out there and make a difference with your leadership.